Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The views, opinions, and representations expressed on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network and its website are those of the hosts, guests, and participants, and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network, its affiliated stations and broadcasts, the management, other hosts, or advertisers of the network. The shows found on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network can, but do not necessarily, promote any particular lifestyle, belief, religion, political affiliation, or other personal practice. These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. We are all... Everybody's voting for the friendly voice of radio, the people's choice. Coming to you from some far point station, like a cosmic tumbleweed, both north and south of the Pleiades, here's your host... Gary Anderson. Well, that is me. Boy, that thunder just makes me really concerned about the weather. Ah, Virginia Beach. My heart goes out. There's been 11 people murdered today, and they're saying six to eight others wounded. Oh, man, what is going on? It's just like every week. Anyway, tonight, we got a great show for at least the next hour and a half with Tobias Whalen. We're going to be talking about the cryptics, you know, like Mothman, Bigfoot, uh, whatever we start talking about. Now, Tobias will be on right after this. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com? Oh, wow. And we're back that fast. Hey, Tobias, are you there? Uh, hopefully he's there. I told him to uh, uh, mute his phone for a while. Uh, are you there? Uh, yes, sir. Sorry, I, I am absolutely here. That is, uh, that's that's my bad. Oh, that's okay. I thought maybe we lost you while you were going to go get a nice cup of java or something. <laughs> I've, I've already got some cold brew coffee for me to sip on. I am, I am, I am completely present, ready to go. You know, my wife and my daughter uh, picked me up a water cooler, which also has hot and cold water on it. It's in the studio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I'm trying to lose weight, which I'm doing a good job. And I'm trying to break the habit of soda. But now I, I got this, like, five-gallon 
jug of water on this thing. I got all these tea bags. And I don't know, I'm probably drinking a half a gallon of tea a day. And you know what? I love it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, you know, honestly, tea's supposed to have all kinds of, 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 you know, other positive qualities. My wife loves tea. And so, you know, she's, she gets me to, to, to drink it. And, you know, if I've got a cold or something especially, she gives me the, the right kind of tea, kicks it every time. So, oh, so yeah. there's something to it. Yeah, I love it anyway. Now, why don't you tell the listeners, the new listeners that haven't heard you on the show before, a little bit about yourself and your organization. Oh, sure. No problem. So, um, like uh, you introduced me, uh, my name is Tobias Wayland, and I am the head writer and editor for the Singular Fortean Society. And um, so you can find the, the Singular Fortean Society uh, probably easiest uh, at our website, uh, which is at singularfortean.com. Otherwise, we're represented, you know, pretty strongly on, on social media. Um, and a little bit about what we do is we um, investigate the paranormal. And, uh, and, and in addition to that, we also try to cover it uh, journalistically. So, you know, we'll, we'll cover um, any paranormal uh related news stories, um, you know, when we publish our own findings, um, we, we try to remain as uh, sort of objective as possible, you know, uh, in, in, in that journalistic style, trying to report facts. And so the, the, the reader can, uh, can, can sort of make up their, their own mind about stuff like that. And then on top of that, we try to foster um, a more positive paranormal community. Like that's also something that's very important to us. So, we try to do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, paranormal outreach, uh, supporting other members of the of the paranormal community, and that sort of, you know, folds into it um, how we interact with witnesses and people who contact us and and, and everything else. You know, we just sort of want to uh, um, erode the societal stigma that that surrounds you know much of of this stuff, and and to sort of provide a, a positive community for for people to uh, take part in. Wow. Now, how long have you been doing this, Tobias? Well, I personally, as an investigator, uh, I've been investigating for about 11 years. Um, I started uh, as a MUFON uh, field investigator um, about 11 years ago, and I did that for several years, and I left that organization to just sort of pursue my own interests. And and uh, bummed around as an uh, independent investigator for a while. And uh, then I met my wife, Emily. And, you know, she also shared my interest in this stuff. And her background is uh, as a graphic designer and a photographer. So sort of with, with my background in, in, in education as a writer and investigator, um, you know, we realized that we had the, the combined skill set to um, create our own organization, you know, and, and, and be able to market it well and, 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 you know, sort of bring it to people's attention and everything. And so that's what we did. And, uh, and that would have been pretty early 2016. We sort of soft launched in, in, uh, April of, of 2016. Um, and then really by the end of that year, I think we, uh, sort of had more direction, you know, because we spent most of 2016 kind of figuring out who we were as an organization. And um, and so we actually really completely rebranded in, you know, in January of 2017. Um, so it, it, it's difficult for me to, 
to sort of say, you know, this is when the, the singular 40 and society started because I mean, technically it started in, in April of 2016, but if you compared that singular 40 and society to the one uh, in January, 2017 on, I mean, they're, they're pretty different. So, but uh, I mean, I guess the, the short answer would be a couple of years. Interesting. I mean, do you eat, sleep, cryptics? Yeah, I mean, cryptids, uh, UFOs, uh, ghosts, psychic phenomena, it's it's some of everything. So, just in case people don't know, uh, the, the word Fortean actually comes from uh, the name Charles Fort. And so, uh, Charles Fort was an early 20th century uh, collector of weird news stories. And um, he didn't discriminate at all when it came to the collection of what he referred to at the time as uh, damned data. And so what he meant by that was these were the stories, you know, this was the data that both mainstream science and religion at that time were completely ignoring because it was inconvenient to their, their narrative. It just didn't fit into their separate paradigms. And so Charles Ford collected these stories and, you know, he would write these uh, wildly entertaining books um, where, you know, he would collect all of these, excuse me, he would collect all of these, uh, you know, news clippings that he had collected and, uh, and, and he would put them together and he would write about them and sort of speculate. And, and, um, and so sort of in that tradition, you know, we're a bit more investigative certainly than, than he was, but, um, in that tradition of not excluding anything, uh, we investigate it all. So, I mean, any, anything weird, we want to know about it. And uh, one of his ideas, uh, interestingly, and, and this is something that I've, I've really taken you know, to, to heart, is he said, one measures a circle beginning anywhere. And, and what that means is uh, by studying any part of the paranormal, you know, be that ghosts and hauntings or UFOs or, or Bigfoot or Mothman, any of it, by studying one part of it, you can learn something about all of it. And, um, and, and, and that's definitely how we approach things as an uh, investigative body. Well, what type of reports are you getting in right now? Is Mothman still as popular as it was a couple months ago? Uh, or is it some other type of cryptid? You know, this time of year, we're going into summer. Do you get other reports of other strange, you know, uh, monsters, cryptids, that type of thing? We definitely do. Um, as far as Mothman is concerned. So, you know, we've been... Um, investigating reports of a, a Mothman-like entity around Lake Michigan uh, since spring of 2017. And that first, you know, sort of summer and, and spring of 2017, most of the sightings were coming out of Chicago. And, you know, it was you know, they were coming pretty hot and heavy. And, um, and it's tapered off since then. But there's been this really interesting phenomenon, actually, where... Um, well, one, we now get reports of a similar entity, but spread out throughout the entire, you know, uh, region surrounding Lake Michigan. So, you know, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, um, all over the place, you know, we, we, we get these reports now. But also, in addition to that, 
we get a lot of historical um, reports of, of whatever this, this thing is. And so um, lately what I've found, and, and I don't necessarily know the reason behind this, but uh, we've, we've been getting more of the historical um, accounts. And, you know, those are honestly just as interesting to me. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that specifically. And it's because, you know, what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When a lot of people talk about um, what they call the sort of original Mothman sightings in, uh, in Point Pleasant from 66 to 67, uh, the, the popular narrative there is that those sightings uh, culminated in, and ultimately ended with the uh, tragic collapse of the Silver Bridge in, in December of, uh, of, of 1967. But my oldest uh, historical report, actually, uh, came from a guy named Floyd Hancock, and uh, his encounter, which his entire family uh, experienced, happened less than two years from the collapse of the Silver Bridge and the supposed end of, of, of Mothman in that area. And so his encounter was in uh, Rolling Prairie, Indiana, which is, excuse me, sort of uh, just on the southeastern border of Lake Michigan. And it's, you know, it's around 400 miles uh, from Point Pleasant. So, uh, you know, pretty far, but not that far. And it was less than two years apart. And so, you know, if, if I'm looking at our uh, timeline that, um, that we've got up on our website here, you know, I can go back and look at some of these historical sightings that we're getting. And, and I can look at these dates. And, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've got Floyd Hancock's um, encounter. In, in it was October 27, 1969. Uh, the next one we have recorded after that was mid-June 1976, and then again in uh, 81, um, again in 87, 1997, 1999, summer of 2000, um, and just on and on all the way up until you know 2017 where everything just sort of exploded one spring. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it, it's really helped to uh, provide some context. You know, because a lot of people think that these Lake Michigan Mothman sightings started again in, in April 2017. But, you know, the longer that I do this, the more I've come to believe that 
they never ended. I, I, I don't think that the, the Silver Bridge was the end of anything. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe it was the uh, the, the end of it in, in Point Pleasant, at least temporarily. But, it you know, it, uh, it definitely wasn't the end of the phenomenon because we're seeing the exact same thing. And, um, you know, as more people learn about it, you know, we, we get more historical reports that, that, that show it's just, it just never really went away. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot from witnesses uh, over and over, and this is very consistent, uh, especially with these older um, reports that we get, is that, um, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to believe, I'm sure, because, you know, we all sort of live in our bubble and assume people know everything that we know. But most normal people have never heard of the Mothman. They haven't heard of the, you know, like they haven't heard of John Keel. They haven't heard of the events in Point Pleasant from 1966 to 67. So what I hear from people constantly um, is that, you know, they've been holding on to, to their sighting for years, in some cases decades, because they literally had no idea that anybody else had ever seen anything even remotely similar. Um, you know, it, 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 at best, maybe they saw that Richard Gere movie, you know, based on, on, on Keel's book. But, I mean, even, even then, uh, that's that's pretty rare. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a pretty fascinating journey. And recently, actually... We've uh, we, we've got a, a couple of those um, of those historical reports. Uh, one of which I actually found particularly interesting. So, I was contacted by a spiritual author, and um, you know she had this wasn't actually her her account either. So she wanted to share this on behalf of uh, her her late father. Um, and, and so this, this author, you know, she gave me her, her actual name too, but she goes by a, a pen name. And so she wanted me to use her pen name. And so that's the name that I'm going to use. And, um, so she, she goes by, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Nefer Kepri. And, um, and she has a website and people can go check her out and, and see what sort of things that, that she writes about. I think she does some work with tarot and, and, and other things similar to that, but anyway, she, you know, it, 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 it was meaningful to her to be able to find us and um, report her her late father's sighting. And so this happened in uh, in, in 1976. Uh, she said that um, she had actually grown up in Waukegan, and so if anybody doesn't know where where, where that is, it's it's basically sort of the, the northernmost part of Chicago land. So like a, a, little, a, a far northern uh, part of that um, larger metropolitan area. And, um, and so her dad was out one night. He worked part-time nights at Victory Memorial Hospital over there. And, um, and one night after work, he had went out to, to help his friend who had had car trouble at uh, at the, the, the local marathon restaurant. And so this was on some train tracks, like right on Lake Michigan. You know, like you can you could see the, the lake practically on the beach. And uh, it was a full moon that night. And as they're in the parking lot, 
uh, you know, where her dad's given uh, his his friend's car a, a, a jump start, um, he suddenly just was overwhelmed by this feeling of terror, like just out of nowhere. Didn't didn't notice anything in particular other than he was just suddenly very, very, very frightened. And um, so he starts looking around, you know, and uh, there were there were two uh, really tall silos uh, in, in, in that area, you know, maybe two, three stories high. And as he's looking around, you know, frightened, seemingly inexplicably, uh, he sees in the moonlight uh, this black figure crouched on top of one of these silos. And he says it had uh, these glowing red eyes. And, you know, he gets his friend's attention, of course, and points the thing out. So his friend sees it, too. And, um, you know, uh, after the, the, the fact, he guessed that it, you know, it, maybe it was six feet tall or so, um, but it looked big, you know, it was, it was pretty bulky and he was sure it wasn't any kind of bird. And because of that, uh, of, of his fear, you know, he, he said he, he could sense that it was, it was evil. And so, you know, they didn't have his friend's, um, uh, car fixed. At, at, at this point, but regardless, he just grabbed the cables. He and his friend jump into his car and, and they just get out of there. You know, they, they leave the friend's car. They'll come back for it later. And as they're driving away, uh, they hear this loud, uh, swooshing sound and then felt something hit and slide across the top of her dad's car. Uh, you know, he, he kept going because at this point, nothing is going to stop them from getting out of there. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the next day he goes and checks and he finds these three long scratches on the roof of the car. And now, so Neffer, you know, she's a, 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 a relatively young kid at, at that point, but she remembers specifically, she went out and she saw these, these scratches. She said they were about a quarter of an inch apart. There were four of them, and she described them as looking like the talon of a large bird that had had scratched his car. And so, you know, this is interesting for a number of reasons. And you know, one obviously it it matches a lot of the other reports that we've given, or I'm sorry, that we've received that we've been given uh, very very closely. But beyond that. You know, she was able to give me a lot of really good, you know, really specific detail about this sighting. You know, she told me that her dad uh, always got off work at, at 10 p.m. You know, it's, it's maybe a 15-minute drive over to that marathon restaurant from the, the, the hospital, um, you know, 20 at the most. So he was probably there around 10.30. And she remembered specifically that school had just let out for the summer, but it was before her birthday. So that puts this sighting sometime in early June. And then if you remember, he did, he was very clear that it was a, a full moon that night, you know? So I, you know, I, I, I got on weather underground, which was my absolute favorite site for looking up any historical weather data. And I just started trying to verify everything. Because that's that's the first thing, you know. If um, if if you get a story like this, and you can look at all of the the geographic and and weather data, and everything that that you can verify, and it checks out and it matches everything, 
um, then that certainly means more obviously than than if you can't um, doesn't necessarily prove anything you know i if 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 it was an elaborate story, then they put a lot of work into it but um but anyway you know i i i I, I get on there I'm able to verify everything uh turns out there absolutely was a a full moon with basically no cloud cover, certainly no cloud cover at the time he would have seen it. Uh, on uh, Friday, June 11th. So ev- everything checks out. You know, moonrise on that day was 8.01 p.m. Weather conditions were fair. That means that moon would have been in the sky invisible at 10.30 p.m. that evening. Uh, and so, you know, being able to get that kind of detail from her and then being able to go and independently verify it um, you know, that's as credible of a report almost as any I think we've received so far. And this took place in 1976. And so, I mean, that's only, what, uh, uh, nine years, less than, than, than nine years since the end of the, uh, the, the Point Pleasant sightings. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me that, that we keep getting these historical reports in well i think too tobias i I think people now are not scared to talk about it you know 10 15 20 years ago people were scared to talk about you know anything cryptic or ufos because they were scared what other friends co-workers would think of them but i think all that has changed because the paranormal has kind of blossomed and people can talk about it, and at least the majority of people, when you talk to them about it, they don't look at you as strange. And, you know, another thing, thinking about this, you know, when she was telling you about the moon and the weather and all that stuff, and you went back and checked it, if they were making up a BS story, let's face it, they're not going to even think about, well, what was the weather like at that time frame? When did the moon come out? And when did it go? You know, they wouldn't even thought about that. So when it all matches, that gives it a lot more credibility. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. You know, uh, it's um, it's 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 really something else. And and you're absolutely right. Like most of the people who come up with sort of a, a a BS story, they and there have been you know some, and they're usually pretty easy to to pick out. Although I'll tell you, there haven't been as many uh, in this Lake Michigan you know Mothman flap as maybe people would. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Expect. But usually, yeah, if, if somebody 
is going to feed you a line of, of BS, they're going to try to leave out as many details as, as possible because they don't want to have to worry about covering their tracks that much. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like having this, this level of, of, of detail, you know, to me was, was pretty darn impressive. And, you know, the, the, the fact that it all checked out, of course, just made it more so. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, like I said, I, I really appreciate about these, uh, historical sightings. Um, you know, we had another one that wasn't quite as, as interesting to me. And this one was not even from that long ago. It actually uh, happened in, in 2010. So, uh, my, uh, my colleague, Lon Strickler was, um, he was contacted by this witness who said that he had seen some kind of uh, strange winged creature perched on his, on his neighbor's roof in the, the spring of uh, 2010. And so, you know, he, uh, he lived in um, uh, far west Joliet. So that's, you know, that's just another suburb of Chicago, basically. And, uh, and it was about 2 a.m., and uh, he was watching TV, and he had the, the the window open slightly, and he said he heard this this muffled cry, and, and he described it almost like a woman crying in the distance. And uh, you know, honestly, that's a pretty new detail. I don't remember ever hearing anybody describing that kind of sound, but people have described other sounds, and I can I can get into that in uh, in just a minute. But um, anyway, so he hears this sound that he described as sort of like a, a woman crying in the uh, distance. And, you know, after a little while, he decides that, you know, he's going to go look and, 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 and see what it is. Like he's gathered his courage and he's going to go check it out. And um, so he gets up and he's looking all over his, his backyard. And, you know, it's dark out. It's, it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and so he, he's, he's looking around. And he's he's just about to to give up because he doesn't see anything, and he hears it again. And so this time, because he's closer, when he hears it, he notices that it sounds like he's like it's coming from above him. So he he looks up, and he see and he notices something that he described as being about four feet tall, sitting on uh, the peak of the house behind him. Um. And so, you know, he, he grabs his phone to, to take a picture, but, you know, honestly, I think we both know how that's going to, you know, uh, uh, turn out. You, anybody who tries to take a picture of anything with a cell phone in the dark, especially if it's some distance away from them, good luck. Um, but anyway, he, he grabs his phone and he's about to take this picture and it turns its head towards him. And at that point he, uh, he, he's just terrified by, by what he sees, you know, he described it as sort of this, uh, a gargoyle, basically. That's, that's the best description he could come up with for, for what the heck this thing looked like. And so it scares the crap out of him. Um, and it, he said it sort of, just sort of drops right off of this, this roof. And just before it hits the ground, spreads its wings and, uh, and, swoops away, disappears basically. Interesting. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it didn't exactly match, um, 
most of the other reports. There were a couple of, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies, like the the height that he describes is a little shorter than what we would be used to. But again, it's it's crouched on top of, of this roof. So, you know, maybe if he had seen it you know, standing up completely, it, it, it would have been taller. And the other thing that struck me as uh, as interesting was the sound that he said this thing made, you know, uh, like a, a woman crying in the distance, you know, like there are natural animals that can make sounds like that. So like if anybody's ever heard a fox or a, a mountain lion or something, like they sound like women screaming, like they sound like people being tortured. It's crazy. Um, but specifically a woman crying in the distance, like that's, that's a new one to me. Other people have reported sounds, um, from whatever they saw as, as part of their, their Lake Michigan Mothman sighting. But usually it's more of a screeching sound. Uh, you know, uh, I've had people describe it as screeching. Uh, one guy described it as, uh, sort of the the sound that train brakes make when you know when a, a, a train is slowing down you know so you can sort of picture uh, in your in 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 your mind like the the uh, the sort of screeching like the metal on metal screeching that 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 people are are talking about in in, in that instance but a woman screaming that was a new one to me so um, I don't know. As far as that particular sighting is concerned, though, too, uh, this was one where, you know, Lon had, had talked to this person. And, um, you know, usually what will happen is, you know, Lon will get a report or I'll get one. And, you know, we'll talk to him. And, and then if it's, you know, relatively uh, close to one of us um, or to um, one other, like any other investigator with, you know, whom we're, we're, we're working on this, uh, then, you know, we'll want that person, like who, like whoever's closest to, to get in touch with the, be a witness and, you know, go out there and actually do an on-site investigation and, and look into everything. And so I had, as part of that, because West Joliet, I mean, we can get to Chicago from where we live. We live in Madison, Wisconsin. So, you know, it's, it's like a two and a half hour drive. And if you're going to one of those suburbs, it's not even a bad drive because you missed most of like most of the traffic depending on, on when you go. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I, I tried to make contact with this witness. Um, but I, I ended up having to, to leave a voicemail and then I, I never heard back from him. And so, you know, usually, usually when that happens, um, you know, like I'm not going to chase people down. If if somebody doesn't get back to me, uh, I assume it's because they don't want to talk to me. I, and, and, and honestly, a lot of the time that's okay because usually what it is is um, people get cold feet. You know, like a lot of people don't want, uh, you know, like they just don't want to have a whole lot to do with this phenomenon. You know, like they had their sighting. It was what it was, um, and a lot of people just kind of want to put it behind them. Um, you know, I've had witnesses 
tell me that they're scared to talk about it because they are worried that if they talk about it, then it's, it's, it's going to come back. And I actually get that a lot from uh, UFO abductees. And, and now I, I actually get that a, a pretty good amount from um, these Lake Michigan Mothman witnesses where there's sort of that fear that, you know, talking about it, one, it, it makes it real. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about something, all of a sudden you're sort of confronted with the reality of it. Um, but then beyond that, you know, there in, in, in a very uh, literal sense, um, some people are worried that, you know, talking about it is, uh, is, is, is going to summon this creature back somehow. And I, I don't know that there's anything to that, um, you know, as if there's some real paranormal mechanism through which you could actually summon a Mothman by talking about it. But what's important is that that fear is real and these people are, are coming up with it independently. So there's, there's, there's something to it. I, I just don't know what it is. Well, can you imagine Tobias that if somebody saw something like that and experienced something that they only see, you know, in the horror movies, can you imagine what it does to them emotionally? What it makes them think about how man has evolved and then, you know, thinking of it, well, maybe there's other things out there that, you know, we don't know about the terror seeing something like that it, it, you know mothman too you know i i get reports of aliens mothman ufos every day uh you know from yeah. people not just in the united states but things like it like out of the uk out of uh you know ireland and things like that you think it's like only happening like in virginia or you know maybe around the chicago area no it's happening all over you know, Joe Taylor, again, I think I told you about that. One of the persons he knows uh, was going to the store and, you know, hit what they claimed was a mothman. And she got out. She didn't realize what it was at first. She thought she hit a person and it was standing there and she thought it had a cape on Too, She saw it kind of like spread its wings and it was about a six foot creature. And, you know, from what, uh, you know, Joe managed to find out even more it did some damage to her car, but no one ever thought about, well, gee, they should go take it somewhere and get a DNA sample off the dent, uh, you know, on the fender oh, from sure. hitting it. They should have done that because it would have been interesting what type of DNA, whatever she hit. I think she was still terrified from talking to Joe that, you know, part of her mind, she saw a, a person. She hit him. Mm. And then the other part of her mind, she saw something that looked like that jeeper creepers like mothman type of thing that scared right. her so i mean just think of the confusion people go through yeah i mean it's it is a uh, it's 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 a paradigm shattering sort of event you know um it, it it really does i think challenge people's beliefs on a level um that uh that that just provides its its own specific type of, of existential terror. It does. Um, now, hey, Tobias, we got a caller here. Yeah. Who do we have out there? Oh. Yeah, hello, Tobias and Gary. It's James. How are you Hi, doing? How you doing tonight, James? And how's the weather hey. in, in your area? Humid. Very humid. Okay. Matter of fact, I'm only about 100 miles north of uh, Point Pleasant. 
Interesting. What was your yeah. What was your question to Tobias? Yeah, I was curious. Um, where was the the um... with Lucky Landslots? You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Most recent. Where was the most recent sighting? And the other question I had for him was, wasn't there a... A uh, Mothman sighting in, in a small Iowa town in the 60s or 70s, and, and it was late at night, and somebody actually shot at it. That was my uh, two questions. Oh, okay, sure. So um, the most recent report that I've received, well, there, there's been a, a handful. So um, the, the, the most recent one was actually from April 12th, of, uh, of 2019. So this was just over, um, one, one month ago. And boy, I will tell you, if I didn't know the guy personally who sent me this report, I wouldn't know what to make of it. But, um, but there is a, uh, a colleague of mine, he's with Fox Valley ghost hunters. Um, and, uh, and for his day job, he is a, he's a truck driver. And he was driving truck up near uh, Wittenberg, Wisconsin, um, and that, that's a few hours north of me. And uh, you know, it's uh, it it stays winter up there for a, a really long time. You know, most of what uh, uh, the rest of the country uh, notices as spring is basically winter up there. Um, and so he's he's driving his, his semi one night and it's, it's sleeting out, you know, it's about 34 degrees and he's close to, uh, uh, Wittenberg and it's, it's completely dark outside. And he's, uh, he's taking this off ramp because he's going to stop and get a soda, get a little caffeine boost. And, uh, and he tells me that something fell out of the sky, um, just out, out of nowhere, like no, no warning, like nothing. And the first thing he wanted to make clear, you know, is like, Tobias, this wasn't a bird, wasn't a bat, you know, like, I've, I've been on a lot of ghost hunts, I, I, I don't get startled that easily, um, you know, I, I, I pay attention to my environment, and this thing that hit my windshield, uh, it, it, it wasn't one of those. And he said the best way he could describe it was as a, a, a miniature Mothman. And this is the first one of these I've, I've ever heard of, frankly. Like, I had never heard anything like this before. Still don't know what to, to, to make of it. And I might have thrown it in the, the crank file if, 
again, I didn't know this guy personally and, um, and, and, you know, and know that he's a, he's, he's a credible, serious person. You know, he's not the kind of investigator who's going to make up wild stories for, for no reason. They're just, they're, they're, it just wouldn't make any sense, frankly. And, um, so he, he, he talks about how this thing, it's, it's got small wings and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not a bat or anything. And it's just sort of splats on his, on his windshield and then, uh, takes off. And, you know, he's driving this, this semi and it's huge and it's sleeting outside, which means it's, it's slick. The roads are dangerous. Does not have time to, to mess around. He can't just stop his semi in the middle of this off ramp and get out and look for this thing. Although he does say specifically that it flew away after he uh, uh, hit it, and so you know he can't see out of out of his 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 uh, windshield. And this will actually speak to Gary's point from before about um, you know collecting DNA samples because if if he could have done this differently, I'm sure he would have. And so he can't see out of, out of his, his windshield right now. He's, he's got to hit his wipers. You know, he's got to get some, some windshield wiper fluid up there. Um, because right now, you know, he's driving, uh, 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 like 12 tons of, uh, rolling death. If suddenly he's not able to, to control this vehicle. And, uh, so he does, you know, he, he, he gets the windshield wiper fluid going. And, um, and by the time, you know, he, he gets, to, to stop the, the truck, any evidence that this thing had just collided with his windshield is gone. And so, I mean, that was the most recent report um, that I got. And uh, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, before that was all of the um, uh, Woodstock, Illinois stuff. So I, I, I don't know if you, uh, if you were keeping up on that, but um but uh, that was a, a, a little mini flap, you know, all on its own. Before I get into that, though, um, as far as something similar to Mothman in Iowa, now the only thing that comes to mind, and I don't know a ton about this actually, uh, Chad Lewis, who is um, another Wisconsin uh, investigator, um, he's sort of the, the go-to when it comes to like a specific case, but you might be thinking of the uh, van meter visitor. Although, yes, um, I think you're right. I think that is what it, van meter. Yeah. I, I got, that was what I was thinking of, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that actually dates back to like 1903 uh, oh, I, really? is, is when the, the, the first report of that came out. Um, but yeah, that's that is one where I think sort of famously it was shot at or shot or something, and 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 it didn't it just didn't have any effect on it. So okay, well thanks uh, for letting me have ask the question, guys. Okay, well James, thank yeah. you for calling in and asking those questions. All right, guys, have a great night. Go eat some uh, sugar oh, flakes, uh, frosted flakes. Okay. Good idea. Thank you. Okay, Bye. you take care. <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like I said, uh, it was just such a weird report. Um, but because of the way he described it and its proximity to uh, to Lake Michigan, like I, I had to include it. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I, I, I've never heard of, you know, anybody, I mean, I've never even heard of anybody speculating on what the, the reproductive habits of a moth man might be. So the idea of, you know, there being of, of a miniature one and, and that representing in some way like, uh, you know, offspring or like a, 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 a juvenile, you know, um, of, of whatever species that would be. Uh, it's not anything that has ever occurred to me, really, um, because at, at, at this point, I'm still trying to figure out if Mothman is a physical creature at all in, you know, sort of insofar as how we understand physicality, you know, like with our, our uh, you know, current understanding of, of biology. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I mean, that's just one of the ones for the, the shrug file frankly, where I just, I don't have much to go on. Um, it's a, a, a crazy story from a credible source. And so you just, I mean, you just kind of got a shrug, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was. Well, you know, like I was mentioning, Susan Shepard was on our show uh, about a week and a half ago. We were talking about Mothman. Now, you know, in Virginia and yeah. that famous area about Mothman, uh, one of her neighbors, you know, at, when all this was going on with Mothman, you know, heard a noise out in their uh, barn. And so, you know, he, he opened up the door and he let his dog out. And then he heard the dog, you know, barking and, you know, making all this strange noise. And then, you know, some really scary noise uh, coming from the dog. And uh, they were really scared. So they locked up their house. And then the next morning, they went looking for their dog. They couldn't find their dog anywhere. Now, a, mm. couple, a couple miles down the road from their place, there was a dog that matched the description of their dog next to a sign off the road uh, where it looked like it was dropped, but it was mangled up. So I'm just wondering, you know, when the dog ran out to the barn, you know, to, to investigate with that noise coming from that barn, you know, maybe the, the mothman or whatever the creature was, you know, took off, uh, you know, with the dog. And that's very logical because, you know, last week me and my daughter were, you know, going a back uh, way to one of the little stores I go to. We live, you know, near a, a lot of saltwater canals and, oh. and then the peninsula up here in Washington State. And, you know, we were going on the road and all of a sudden we saw a duck and it's baby duck, you know, right behind it. And an eagle, you know, I'm talking about I slammed my brakes on if I wouldn't hit the duck. And then a big bald eagle just came sweeping down, grabbed the baby duck and then and took off. So you could imagine, oh, wow. you could you imagine maybe something six, seven, eight feet, you know, in diameter, you know, grabbing a dog would be no problem. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Actually, uh, reminds me of the uh, Lawndale, Illinois Thunderbird sighting uh, back in the seventies, where this kid um, reportedly was picked up by this huge, you know, raptor-like bird and carried for several feet before the the, the thing dropped him. That was one I think pretty famously uh, Lauren Coleman. Um, investigated and he's written about it pretty pretty uh, um, significantly since but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it. It wouldn't surprise me. Like if if, if you're talking about something as big as people describe the Mothman to be, you know, you're looking at something uh, just from the descriptions I get. Uh, you're looking at something between, you know, six to eight feet tall with a wingspan um, of, you know, 10 to, to 12 feet, sometimes 15. And uh, which, by the way, biologically, and this is another reason why when people, you know, like when, when we start speculating about sort of what Mothman could be, like what, what are people seeing? Um, it, it, it sort of, I, I start getting away from a, a more materialist scientific explanation only because something that was six to eight feet tall with a wingspan of only somewhere between 10 and 15 feet should not be able to fly. That's not nearly enough wing to, to, to be able to lift something like that. But anyway, they're big and somehow they are flying. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, uh, a 50 to a hundred pound dog. Like I don't, I don't know what, what size dog we're, we're talking about. Well, but, we're talking a full size German shepherd. Oh, the German shepherd. So probably a hundred, what, 100, 150 pounds somewhere in that range. Yeah, right? Around, around a hundred um, at least. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it picking up something like that. I mean, I, I could lift a dog that big if I needed to. And, and Mothman's gotta be stronger than me. So sure. Like that doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. No, it doesn't me either. Kind of reminds me, you know, of Jeeper Creepers, you know, the first one, uh, you know, where the, 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 this creature, you know, would go out. Well, it would actually sniff people and then make the decision if it was going to be their next, you know, his, his prey. But he, he, some of these right. reports, you know, like uh, what Susan Shepard was talking about, I'm just wondering how many people in these areas of Mothman maybe disappeared. Because, you know, I, I, I if they're aggressive enough to swoop down at a car, going who knows how fast on the road trying to get away from it, and, and again, you know, leave scratch marks again, some of the stories I've been hearing about Mothman, the same thing, you know, where they'll scratch up the, the, the car quite a bit, you know, deep into through the paint into the metal tells me they have right. a lot of power behind them. And plus, you know, there's one case where I was told that a Mothman chased that person. They don't they didn't want to go on the air, but they claim they were doing like 50, 60 miles an hour on a back road. And a Mothman, you know, was right there on the roof of the car and, and was, you know, trying to like tear into the car with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's not unheard of. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, well, it, it, even going back to the, the 66 to 67 sightings, uh, one of the first sightings involved uh, some uh, 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 a few couples who were out at the, the TNT area, and um, when they, like they were driving back and being chased by this thing, and they said they were driving up to like a hundred miles per hour, and it was keeping up with them. Which I mean, that's pretty incredible. And um, well, I mean, you you know that uh, some of the uh, the the reports that um, I've received that, that my colleagues have uh, received, like they involve people's vehicles being damaged. Um, you know, well, just the one that, that, that we talked about tonight, um, you know, the, the 1976 Waukegan encounter. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that guy's car got, got scratched up and, and, you know, he was, he was absolutely terrified. Um, so, and, and, you know, if, if, if I'm sure if I went digging, I'm probably forgetting uh, several of these. And so, for, actually, for for anybody not uh, maybe as familiar with this Lake Michigan Mothman flap, um, you know, I've got over 100 uh, reported encounters and and sort of associated uh, phenomena, and that's not even including the sighting reports that we get that I can't investigate up to my standards. So I end up publishing those in like a separate column where I say, well, hey, this is what I got, but I couldn't investigate it that well. So here's just sort of the raw, you know, um, like info with no, with no real follow-up. Um, so there's an incredible number of these. And so I always feel like when I'm talking about them, there's, there's gotta be some that I'm forgetting about. And so, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think of it later if, if they're, you know, they're like more of them come to mind that involve cars being damaged or, um, attacks or, or anything like that. But, you know, Gary, when you mentioned Jeepers Creepers, like that definitely, that rang some bells for me because I have had witnesses use those exact words to describe what they saw. In, in 2010, um, I talked to a young man named Dalton, and he told me about, uh, well, I, I didn't talk to him in 2010. I talked to him in 2017. But in 2010, he had an encounter, this Dalton, um, along with one of his friends, uh, with something outside uh, of of, uh, Rockford, Illinois, that they described as being like the creature from that movie. So uh, Dalton and his, his friend Nick, you know, they were out doing what, you know, I, I think a lot of people did. I certainly did when, when, when I was a kid and we didn't have anything else to do because I kind of grew up in a smaller farming community. Uh, we would go cruise and, you know, there would be endless cornfields and we would just go out in the country and we would cruise around and there really wasn't anything else to do. And so uh, he was 16 years old in, in 2010. So, you know, it was in his early twenties when, when, when I talked to him and, uh, you know, he's, he's out cruising around, you know, he's in his, his 97 firebird and, uh, you know, they're just, they're 
bean kids. And they're driving along on this old gravel road outside of town. And it's later in summer. So the, the, the corn's pretty high. And um, you can tell that it's, it's well, and, and part of the reason that he remembers that it was later in summer, too, is because as they're out cruising at, at night here, um, it was about 11 p.m. And, uh, you know, like they would see, um, uh, occasionally farmers doing like night harvesting basically, um, which isn't super uncommon, um, at, at least around here. And so, um, uh, like they're out cruising and they're, they're surrounded on both sides, um, on this gravel road with, you know, tall rows of corn. And they notice as they're, they're, they're driving, they'd actually slowed down because what they wanted to do. Uh, was a bunch of burnouts. And so uh, I'm sure everybody knows what they are, but just in case you don't, uh, when you have like a sports car and you slow it down or or stop it and then suddenly accelerate, your tires will spin out and you'll kick up all kinds of gravel. And it's pretty fun if you're a teenager and you don't care about your insurance premiums or wrecking your car. Or buying new tires. uh, Or buying new tires. Hell yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're basically out there doing burnouts. And, um, and so they had slowed way down and they see this movement from, uh, off to their side in, in, in the cornfield. And so, you know, he, at, at that point, Dalton, who's driving, he slows way down because you get a lot of deer out there, you know, and, and that time of year, um, you really want to watch out for them because they'll hang out in cornfields and stuff because they're trying to eat the corn. And, uh, and they'll run right out into the road. And so he slows way down and they're both expecting, uh, for a deer to, to jump out of this cornfield into the road in front of them. And, uh, and, and, and that is not what happened because I wouldn't be here telling you about it if it was. Instead, they said that this, this creature jumped out. Uh, he actually described it as well he called he didn't describe it as way he called it a a deer bat and that's an interesting thing actually that i could that I, I i could talk about at length is the names people give these things when they don't really have the words to describe them otherwise because they're too weird but anyways we, he, he called it a, a, a deer bat but what it actually looked like uh according to his description was this huge black winged entity. And so the, the, the wings were shaped similar to a, a bat, you know? Um, and he said that he could definitely see four limbs. Now this happened relatively quickly. So, um, he didn't get a lot of, of, of fine detail, um, as far as making out, you know, the exact, you know, sort of structure of the, the limbs. Like I asked him, for instance, I asked him, you know, if he thought the thing had four legs or, or two arms and two legs. And he said, you know, honestly, I don't know. Um, because that I, all I know is it had four limbs in addition to its wings. And the other reason that he couldn't make out, too much details is because it, the, the, the thing was so dark, you know, even with his headlights on it, uh, he said, you know, it was, it was pitch black, like just the, the, the coloration of it. And so it flies in front of him in sort of this zigzag pattern. 
and uh, and takes off up into the air. And because of its its color and the fact that they're in the middle of nowhere, as soon as it's out of the light of uh, their headlights, they just lose track of it. You know, like you can't see it anymore at, at, at that point. And so uh, they just take off. Like they're terrified. Oh, because I, sh- I should mention too, uh, this is a uh, T-top convertible. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so they've got the top off, obviously. And, you know, so they're sitting there, and there's no easy way to get that thing back on, like, once you're driving around in it. Oh, I know, from only so, one. <laughs> right? And so, like, they just take off. They're terrified that this thing is going to swoop down on them at, at, at any second. And, uh, and, and later, you know, when, when Dalton is, is describing it to me, he says that the closest thing that he could really relate it to, you know, just with, with sort of his, uh, like, whatever ability he had to, to describe this uh, impossible creature, the closest thing he could compare it to was the, the, the creeper, was the creature from, you know, Jeepers Creepers, like that movie. Like, that's what it reminded him of. You know, that's what its, its shape was. Scary. Huh? And, uh, and, yeah, and I know other people have, have described it the, the same way. I know Lon has got reports where people described it that way. Um, you know, I, I think it's easier for people to try to relate what they've seen to something they know, even if that thing that they're comparing it to is something fictional, like the movie Jeepers Creepers. You know, it, 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 it gives them some way to describe this is otherwise, you know, uh, uh, impossible to describe creature, really. It would. Hey, now, we're going to have to go on a break here. Uh, we'll be back in about two and a half minutes. I'm going to put you on hold, so don't hang up, okay, Tobias? All right, sounds good. Okay. I think we're going to go on break. I'm pretty sure we are. Okay, here <laughs> we go. No fim eu sei que vou tirar Fala tchau pro seu batom na boca E fala oi pra quem te faz pirar Se você já tá com a mesma sensação Pode vir, gente, que eu tô um bugão Tá descontrolada toda essa cara E não para porque a coisa ficou mara Vou te ganhar no cansaço, no cansaço Pode vir, que eu tô um Tá 
Do you have a paranormal story you want to share on Night Dreams Talk Radio? You could be a guest. Email us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. If you would like to hear Night Dreams Talk Radio on your local radio station, let them know. Tell them to check out www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. And thank you. Good evening or morning, depending on your time zone. From the Pacific to the Atlantic to you worldwide. Get yourself a cup of java and find a comfy, easy chair. And get ready for Gary and his guest on Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. And now, here's Gary. And here I am. I got to get used to these new intros one of the stations made for me. I love it. Anyway, tonight we got Tobias Whalen. We've been talking about Mothman and all this stuff. Tobias, are you still here? I sure am, Gary. I bet you wouldn't get another cup of Jabba, didn't you? I well, you know, I'm still working on this one. It, it's cold brew, so you know, it's it's very potent. I got to pace myself, otherwise, I'm going to be up all night. You know, when Jeeper Creepers, the original one, came out. I wonder if that made a major jump on reports like Mothman and other cryptics. You know, I don't know. Um, I wonder when it actually did come out. Uh, looks like it came out, let's see, uh, it came out in 2001. So, hmm, you know, I haven't noticed any, uh, any associated uh, increase in sighting reports. Um, but, you know, honestly, I... I guess I wouldn't have, because what was I doing in 2001? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, well, that's actually before I was really investigating. I was only 21 years old. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen, I've, I've certainly never seen any studies or anything um, about that. But, you know, people do have different theories surrounding sort of the influence of media on um you know, cryptid reports, or, or really any kind of paranormal subject matter. It could be UFOs, it could be, uh, you know, cryptids or, or ghosts or, or whatever. Um, now, I know this is something uh, Lauren Coleman has, has talked about uh, quite a bit, and, you know, I, 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 I like Lauren. You know, he's a, 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 a good colleague, and, uh, just a generally nice guy. So I, I, I don't want to butcher this too much, but I, I do remember him speaking specifically. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Specifically about sort of the influence that um, the the Richard Gere Mothman prophecies, you know, movie had and sort of how that contributed to the folklore surrounding like these, these sightings. And so, you know, as an example, um, there has been a story circulating about uh, a sighting of lost man um, around Chernobyl, actually. And uh, let's see if I can find this here. And so um, what Lauren had said, so let me actually see if I can get this story straight first. So, so, okay, after this movie came out, there, like, there was this legend that, that started circulating, basically, that a strange flying humanoid uh, had been seen over Chernobyl on, on numerous occasions uh, prior to the nuclear disaster there back in 86. Um, and then, allegedly, some workers, you know, had even claimed to, see, like, see it uh, hovering over the plant and... And those that saw it uh, were supposedly plagued by strange dreams and harassed by threatening phone calls and, you know, just a lot of the high strangeness stuff that was, uh, um, that, uh, was reported along with, uh, you know, 66 and 67 point pleasant sightings. Um, and so it, it actually took on sort of a life of its own and people started referring to it as the blackbird of Chernobyl and, and, uh, and, and Lauren actually had traced the legend back to the, two, the 2002 film, you know, the, the, the Richard, uh, Richard Gere vehicle, uh, Mothman prophecies. And, you know, he had said that the Chernobyl story, like the, the, the Galveston hurricane Mothman tie-in and, and some other examples given of, in, in that movie, um, we're all pure fiction. So, I mean, I, I, I should explain for anybody who hasn't seen it, that in, in this movie, they talk about other supposed um, uh, occurrences of the same phenomenon, like other places where uh, Mothman had been supposedly seen prior to a disaster. But the thing about it is, none of that actually happened. Like, that was made up just for movie. So nobody had actually been reporting Mothman over Chernobyl or, you know, prior to the, the, the Galveston, you know, hurricane in, you know, Galveston, Texas or any of that stuff um, before this movie came out because it didn't exist before this movie came out because they made it for specifically for this movie. Um, and so that's a really interesting uh, uh, example I think of how media can can influence the the folklore surrounding you know these events. You know, you have something that is in uh, ostensibly at least you know true story, like a, a true recounting of events, like the moth, like the, the, the Mothman prophecies. But then you know you you take that you. Uh, you you sell the rights to a a, a movie producer and um, or a, a, a studio I guess and they they 
they take this true account and they add a bunch of fictional stuff to it. And sort of in doing so, they uh, manipulate the narrative surrounding it. And so now you've got people watching this movie who, you know, I don't expect everybody to, to do hours and hours of research on, on, on everything. I think at a certain point, if, if, you know, somebody says something is, is true and, you know, you don't necessarily have a horse in that race. A lot of people, you know, and, and understandably so just sort of assume that it's true. Um, but in, in this case, you know, you've got something that, uh, is, is supposedly true is presented as at least, you know, mostly, you know, being true, even in the film version. Uh, and, but then they add all of this fictional crap just tacked onto it. And, uh, and, and people, conflate that with the actual events and uh, and next thing you know uh, you've got people talking about how for sure there was a mothman over chernobyl uh prior to the 1986 meltdown and it it just never happened oh yeah so um yeah i i don't know what kind of effect jeepers creepers had but i mean it wasn't presented as a true story so probably not as much as the Mothman Prophecies movie had, but still, like, you never know. You know, I, I keep, you know, last time we were on, I, I told you I was going to try to trace down the screenwriter, if he's still alive, that wrote, you know, the original s- screenplay for Jeeper Creepers, because I wanted to know uh, where he got the idea of this creature, this cryptic. My feeling is, is, you know, the reports of Mothman, and he just enhanced it. You know, they have to do that, you know, to make a movie. If you go by just what the report was, you're not going to have much content. So they have to make right. all this fictional, fake stuff up, you know, to make it interesting. And the thing is, I hate to say it, people are gullible. So all of a sudden, perfect example, right? People on Facebook will say this famous movie star just died. They didn't die. Yeah. They just posted up there, right? People are sharing it, and all of a sudden, you know, it gets back to the actor, right? Hey, I'm not dead, because it gets out to the news media, it gets out everywhere, and people believe it. And and it doesn't take much. So a rumor about Mothman or uh, uh, anything cryptic or even aliens or UFOs, it can kind of, like, start getting embellished really fast. But, you know, I... Oh, yeah. I do have opened my eyes up more lately because, you know, the Navy's stepping forward, you know, and saying that, yes, they do believe that we're being visited by something. And now the Air Force is kind of, you know, relaxing their thing. And then the Pentagon says, yes, we actually, which they have denied for years that they're not investigating, you know, UFOs and alien contacts and all this stuff. It makes me wonder then maybe some of this cryptic stuff, like maybe something like Mothman or something like that maybe does exist. Because, again, we're not just hearing about it in Virginia or in Chicago. I mean, you know, Joe uh, uh, Taylor is a very credible person. He works for a lot of museums. He actually has his own. He has been traveled the world, you know, uh, finding dinosaur bones and and, you know, working for museums and putting them together, you know, for the museums and, you know, to preserve them and stuff. Very credible, you know, scientists. Uh, and, and, you know, for him even, you know, to talk about it on my show about a report in, in Texas where he's at 
a Mothman tells you that they are, you know, everywhere. And then some, like if you go into Colorado or uh, Arizona, there's other reports, not of Mothman, but something similar to that, you know, there. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, the average person is never going to see it because the average person, they spend their whole life around a town or a city. Yeah, I mean, I think you've 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 really hit on something there, uh, because yeah, I mean, we we absolutely get these reports from from everywhere, uh, you know, like we've got reports from everywhere from, well, I mean, it's 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 coast to coast, frankly, um, you know, uh, California, Arizona, uh, moving into the Midwest, all over the place, um, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, obviously everywhere around Lake Michigan. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I know people love to concentrate on Chicago when it comes to this Lake uh, Michigan Mothman plat, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Gary, all of the best reports are not from Chicago. They're from Indiana. They're from, uh, Wisconsin. They're from places in Illinois that aren't Chicago. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very widespread phenomenon and, and you're absolutely right when it comes to to, you know, sort of, I think, who you can expect to encounter something like this. I mean, I mean, for instance, I mean, just, just like, say, witnessing UFOs or, or, or anything else. Yeah, I mean, one, a lot of people don't go outside of their comfort zone. You know, um, a lot of people uh, sort of stay uh, in their area. They don't leave their town or their city or, or, or anything else, although... I, I will tell you, when it comes to cryptid sightings, depending on the size of your town, whether you leave it or not may have very little to do with whether or not you uh, actually encounter like a Bigfoot or Mothman or whatever else, because they love to uh, uh, exist sort of in those liminal places between civilization and wilderness, you know, so like Woodstock, Illinois is a great example of this. It's, it's a relatively small city. It's surrounded by, uh, nature preserves and wetlands and, and fields. And, um, and so it's sort of the, the, the perfect spot to see some, you know, something unusual like that. And, and there was that, that little flat down there, um, earlier this year where, you know, suddenly just out of nowhere, people just going about their business um, started seeing this, this Mothman-like entity, you know? I mean, the, the, the guy who had the first sighting down there was literally just driving home from Walgreens. I mean, if, if you, you couldn't make up a more boring thing to be doing when you see Mothman, like he had just had to go to the drugstore one evening to pick something up real quick and was just driving home when he sees this thing cross in front of his car. And, 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 and so it, it's details like that, honestly, that lend a certain credibility, I think, to these, uh, reports other than the fact that when I spoke to this guy, like you couldn't, you couldn't fake the kind of fear that it was a, it was very obvious he felt, you know, but beyond that, you know, just these little mundane details, just driving home from Walgreens and, 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 and you, and you run into Mothman, you know, but yeah. I- 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, generally speaking, you're right. Like most people... They aren't paying a whole lot of attention. Uh, one thing that I, 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 I like to, to mention to people, because a lot of them don't think about it, you know, how often do you look up? You know, like nobody ever looks up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually the one guy, like the one weirdo on my street who will be walking his dog, <laughs> and it's nighttime, and I'm just looking up. You know, I'm just admiring the stars and seeing what's going on up there. But generally speaking, people don't do that. You know, there could be a flying saucer just following most people around in the sky all day, and they'd never see it. Well, because you know what? They're living in a shadow world. I mean, uh, their whole life just basically revolves going to work, coming home, you know, eating dinner, watching TV, and then repeating, you know, and maybe on the weekend they go out and do something. But they they don't, most people, you know, aren't going to look up at trees at night as they're walking or look at the stars. No. I, you know, even I don't. Occasionally when I go out of my, my house, you know, I'll sit down next to our pond, you know, and I'll look at the trees and I'll, I'll look at the sky at night, you know, and look at the stars. But I, I'll tell you, when a, if a person sees a cryptic of any kind, Mothman, Bigfoot, whatever, and if they actually saw one, it is something that they will live with them till they die. And I, I can honestly tell you, you know, I was in the military. Okay. I had people shooting at me. You know, I, I had to worry about survival and I was scared and I'll use the word scared shitless. And, and I can tell you when I had my encounter around 2002, right around there, uh, of a cryptic creature, you know what? Uh, that was more scary than anything I ever had to deal with in the military uh, or even in the marriage, uh, some of the marriages I was in in the past. I'll tell you, it was the most scariest thing that uh, it, it's when you see something that you know doesn't supposed to exist, it scares you. It terrifies you. I mean, and, and it doesn't go away. And and then, you know, when you do share it with people, they go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. They don't believe you, especially, I'll tell you, people doing investigating, there's two types. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who investigate trying to sell a book, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, sure. They're not a real investigator. Or you get the other people out there, they're so narrow-minded that they only believe that a cryptic of whatever their, their, their subject, what they're you know, researching is, is what they make up in their own mind, what it is. 
And and maybe that's why they don't see these cryptic creatures, because they're too narrow-minded. You have to be open. And in a case like what I ran into, I I wasn't looking for anything. I was out in out in the deep woods up in the Canadian Rockies, and I found something I wish I never found in my life. And, and it still haunts me. It really does. And we're talking how many years? And, and it still, I'll, I'll have nightmares about it because it scared me. It terrifies me. And then I hear all these other so-called experts come on my show or other shows. And honestly, I know from my experience what I saw. They can come up with with their conclusions, their stories, or whatever, and I can look at them to myself. And I go, you know what? You guys don't even know what you're doing, uh, and, and they, because they're so narrow minded. But there is things sure. out there, you know, seriously, that we don't know what they are. And with the government now coming out and basically saying there might be UFOs, and yeah, right. we've probably been lying to you about it for who knows how long. But it it makes me realize, I think there is other things on this planet we're not prepared for. Because if you grew up in a city or a small town, you're not looking for a Mothman or a Bigfoot or whatever. Now, I will say, because our magnetic field is changing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think our planet is tilted a little bit. Uh, I I think uh, Earth changes, our climate changes is going on. You know, people are starting to see if they live in certain areas, maybe big birds like pelicans flying at night, and they mm-hmm. they look at them as something else because they don't know, they haven't seen a pelican, for example, uh, in their sure. area ever, and all of a sudden they see something like that as a, a, of a bird flying at night with big wings. You know, they kind of their mind plays tricks. I don't know if you get those type of uh, reports too. But I think with all this stuff going on, yeah, I just think with all this stuff going on, we're starting to see some things on our own planet that is explainable. But I think there's things out there that, you know, it's not explainable. Do I do I believe a Mothman exists? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, we're going back hundreds of years even in Arizona, the Indians reporting these like devil uh, creatures that were like six, seven feet, eight feet tall, wings flying from the cliffs and coming out of caves and flying. Uh, I mean, you know, these stories go back so long. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 absolutely right on on all counts. Um, you know, I, honestly, first of all, like um, anybody who. <laughs> especially is a self-described expert in this field is full of it. Frankly, there are two kinds of people who will tell you they know the truth in the paranormal industry and they are con men and crazy people. And that's it because the rest of us know you can't be an expert in this because we don't even know what we're dealing with. You know, we can speculate, Uh, We all have different theories, but at the end of the day, none of us really knows, honestly. The only thing that we really know is that we have no idea, really, what we're dealing with. Um, Anybody who who tells you different is, is, like I said, is is lying or or needs professional help. 
Oh, yeah. But, Unfortunately, Tobias, there's a lot of people, especially in, I'm going to get in trouble on this, but like the Bigfoot community. Okay. I won't even bring Harley any of those people on my show anymore because they ha- are convinced their own way, their own way, what they think these things are and why mm-hmm. they haven't been seen and stuff like that. And, I, and, and you know what? You got to have an open, you got to have an open mind on this type of stuff. All of it. Mm. Otherwise, you know, one could be staring you at the face and you'll never see it. I mean, how can somebody sit there and, and figure a pattern out of a uh, Mothman or example of a Bigfoot when we don't know? We don't have no idea other than reports or people who claimed, including me, that they saw one of those things. I, I, I mean, unless you actually seen one. What are you going to do? You're going to just go by what somebody else said, who heard it from somebody else and heard it from somebody else. And and they believe their theories so strong, which, you know, and then, then if you come out there, honestly, and you, yeah, James, I just read your little thing here on chat, warm, fuzzy orbs, laughing out loud. Okay. But yeah, that, I, I will say there's a community out there on Bigfoot. They think that Bigfoot, you know, talk to you, you know, telepathically. And they give off orbs, and they're here to serve man, and they, they're loving creatures. How can anybody even think that? We don't know. And, and, and he, again, I brought this up on my show even last night. How many people have gone missing in the forest in the last hundred years? We're talking tens of thousands of people have gone vanishing. Or the people, right, all across this country that just vanish with no trace they maybe were going to work or maybe going to the grocery store. Or they're going to go camping and there's no trace of them. FBI has so many tens of thousands of reports of missing people that they can't even track it down because there's no way to because this is, they're gone. Now, what's happening to these people? Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I knew, honestly. Um, you know, could there be some aspect of, you know, paranormal phenomena, be that, you know, um, uh, Bigfoot or, or UFOs or, or aliens or anything else involved. I mean, sure. You know, I, I but I, it's difficult for me to make the case for any of those without sort of, you know, committing the, the fallacy of arguing from ignorance, you know, just, just because I don't know what's causing it, it uh, doesn't mean it, it has to be one of those things, but I mean, it could be, you know, who, who knows really. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting too. I think probably, you know, best case scenario, you know, I, I, I think that assuming, you know, that, that, that Bigfoot for just as an example is like, just assuming that Bigfoot represents um, a, a, a population of, of creatures, you know, be they biological or, or, or spiritual or, or interdimensional or, or whatever, but just a population of creatures. Uh, why would they be, or why should they be so different from mankind that all of them would behave the same? You know, like certainly, you know, man is, is capable of, of, of extremely charitable, good acts. But the other side of that coin is man is also capable 
of of some of the most disgusting evil imaginable. And so why should it be different with 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 anybody else? Why should why should Bigfoot be different? Why should why should ET be different? Why why should any of it be be any different than than that? You know. So I think that if I was you know speaking to an experiencer who was relating to me uh, their personal experience of of something that they were describing as excuse me, as, uh, you know, a, a telepathic contact with Bigfoot or something. And if I found them generally to be um, of, you know, sound mind and, 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 and relatively credible, um, then I think what my argument would be, or at least the idea that I would want to express to them would be, would be that, okay, so you had say this experience with, with one creature that frankly, you don't even know what it was. Maybe it was Bigfoot. We don't even know what that means, but you had this one, you had this experience with this one creature. Um, there's no reason to, to make a, a, another, you know, uh, uh, fallacy, uh, uh, well, commit uh, another logical fallacy by, by, uh, you know, committing a, a fallacy of, of composition and saying that just because you had this one encounter or, or even multiple uh, in, encounters with this one creature, that that suddenly makes it representative of, of every member of its, of its, its species or, or, or population or, or whatever, you know? So I just, I, I struggle with how reductionist I think most people want to be about stuff like this where, you know, Bigfoot's all got to be one way and aliens all got to be one way. Um, when I think, you know, just again, using humans as an example, I mean, think of all the different cultures and societies and factions and religions, and then like specific sects, like within those religions, um, we have just in our one species, our one relatively, uh, tiny inconsequential species in this universe. Um, you know, why should anybody else be any less complicated? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, again, you know, and I'm just going to use Bigfoot as an example. I could use the same as Mothman, but let's look at it this way. They didn't grow up watching Leave it to Beaver or Father Knows Best. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, whatever, how they exist, they, compassion we learn from being a little child and hopefully, you know, if you have good parents, you learn values. If you have parents that are not so good, you're not going to learn good values when you grow up. It's simple as that, but compassion, not everybody has that. Some people are lacking compassion. Look what happened in Germany, uh, in the 40, uh, you know, thirties, uh, when the Nazi power came in. Okay. You had a couple crazy people. But then how many tens and hundreds of thousands of people followed it and, and, and committed all these horrid crimes of gasking people, you know, shooting people in the head? They, they went along with it. So you, you, to sit there and say that creatures like Bigfoot or Mothman, you know, they give off orbs. They're here to, you know, serve man. If you believe that, that's fine. You can live in your own little dream world. Now, again, I don't even know if, if Bigfoot exists as a creature. 
Because if we right. go back to, like, I talked to oh, a couple of years ago, the uh, Indian woman for the Muckleshoot Indian tribe, they ha- talked about in the 1880s, 1870s, like Bigfoot would come into their village and run off with a squaw or a baby when they were down at the river, you know, washing, you know, their, their clothing. And then they would find yeah. bones, which tells me then, hey, they're cannibals. But again, are Bigfoot actually humanoid or are they something? Because let's face it. Okay. I believe that we've been visited and are being visited by different races of whatever they are out there. There's not just one alien race coming to Earth and, 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 you know, taking people out of their bed when they're snoring and sleeping at night and transporting them on the UFO and, and doing experiments. I think we've been, you know, visited a lot because we're a new planet. We're a, a young race. Now, these people, either if they're coming from the future or past, I mean, everybody has their own views what aliens are, okay? I, we don't know. Or maybe the sure. government does know, but we don't know, okay? Me, you don't know. MUFON doesn't know. I, I, I think if there's enough life out there put it this way, the planets don't stop out there. There's no void. You, you build a brick wall, and say this is the end of a solar system. It doesn't go past us. Well, that wall takes up space. So there, that's something. So I, I think we are being visited. Now, are they here to serve man? Well, if they were here to serve man, we wouldn't have had the Vietnam War. We wouldn't have had World War One. We wouldn't have had World War Two. We wouldn't have been in Iraq. We wouldn't have been in every, you know, all these places. Hitler wouldn't have exterminated, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, it would have never happened because they would have stopped it. But they haven't. Okay? Tells us that they're, whatever they're doing, maybe they're just monitoring us. Or how do we know what these creatures are? Are they lovable towards mankind? You know, these people tell me that, oh, gee, they're here protecting Earth. Well, they haven't done a damn good job of protecting <laughs> our planet, have they? They haven't. Okay. No, I, I, you're not going to get any argument from me, Gary. I, I'm, I'm with you on, on, on most of the stuff, you know, really. Well, I, 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 and this is where I always get in trouble on my show. I'll say it again tonight, and by tomorrow morning, I'll have a couple hundred emails uh, to my... Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell people, if you want to get a hold of me on this, nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. That's nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. You can sit here and, and yell at me all you want. I look at this. Humans eat everything they can put in their mouth, including other humans. And if you were out on a shipwreck, and if you were out on a lifeboat with three other people, and nobody finds you, okay, because you don't have a GPS, and you're out there bobbing and out in the ocean for 10, 15 days, now you're running out of food, you're running out of water. And then you look at that one person, maybe it's sickly, okay? And how many times has this happened in the past? They oh, they get so many times. They, they get eight for the good of survival of the, the fittest. Now again, we got cannibals yet on this planet. We eat everything, everything disgusting stuff. But tells me that well, are this because if we are being visited, they're not going to be watching Leave It to Beaver when they were kids. And like I said earlier. 
Father Knows Best or Donna Reed Show. They, they, they weren't growing up like we were. Who knows how they were growing up? Were they come from an egg? Were they developed just from DNA? Who knows what, what they are? To them, they could be coming down here and looking at our planet as a, a source of minerals. Okay? Or they can be looking at a source for nutrition. Uh, we don't know this. And you get all these experts on that, uh, you know, it constantly are telling me they're, they're here to serve mankind. Well, they, I, unless you can prove that to me, I'm not going to take that. I, I, I really right. am not going to take that. And I really think that, that the government is in a position where they can't cover it up anymore, not because of the Internet, not because people writing books on UFOs. That, that, and, and I'll tell you what, and now I'm going to get in trouble. I read a lot of books. There isn't a day I don't get books in my mailbox from authors. And I'll start reading a book on UFOs and aliens. I go, you know what? This sounds like this book I just read last year. And I'll go do some. Oh, yeah. They changed some words around. And here's a new book. Uh, and I see that a lot uh, in, the, in the paranormal. It's scary. But what I'm trying to say is we don't know about these cryptics, what they're here from. Or four, uh, you know, they could, like I said, they could be harvesting people. That's why we're losing people. The FBI can't trace them down. People, you know, in the cities, counties, little towns in the forest disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and maybe that's why the Park Service doesn't really go and keep records much about it or do a very deep investigation because they know what's going on. Maybe I, I find a lot of things going on strange now while they're starting to becoming more disclosure. Maybe, just maybe, there's something, may, it could be good, but maybe you, people need to keep their mindset. Like Stephen Hawks, Hawkins said, we need to stop transmitting our address out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we might get visited by somebody that we don't want to be visited by. And maybe that's already happened. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to go back knowing, um, and I brought it up last night and quite a few times. I had the opportunity in my life when I was younger uh, to talk to Ronald Reagan because uh, Ronald Reagan was a good friend of my dad's. Uh, not Ronald Reagan, my dad's best friend, who was an actor, major actor in Hollywood, was great friends with Ronald Reagan. And I talked to Ronald Reagan, and one conversation I had out of total of three conversations I ever had with him, I was really worried. I was like 17 or 18. I was just about ready to go in the military. And I, and I asked him, I said, you know, uh, you know, if you read the paper every day, he's talking about Russia. You know, it could be a nuclear war. And I asked him about Star Wars. And, you know, he said, I wouldn't be concerned about Russia, you know, nuking us. I'd be more scared about them out there. And, you know, being young, that didn't sink into my head till I got older. And then one day I realized he was talking about something out there. And so maybe something has been going on for years and years that they can't cover up much longer. It's going to open up. Who knows? Hey, it's no worse than anybody else with their ideas, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think we've we've talked about this before, and you know, we we agree on a lot of this, Gary. So yeah, I mean, I, you're you're not going to get much argument from me 
Um, you know, because like you said, you know, really nobody's an expert. Um, we're all just sort of, uh, you know, trying to put together whatever uh, pieces of this puzzle we have, but the picture is far from complete. So, you know, all of all of the, the, the speculation that, um, you know, we're, we're sort of banding about, I, I, I think is all fair. Um, and, and I'm definitely with you when people start saying things like, you know, they're getting messages from the space brothers or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to be objective. I, I do. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but just like what you're saying, I mean, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, just like what 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 you're saying um, about you know people disappearing and and heck even stuff that's directly related you know to this phenomenon um, it doesn't match up with that that touchy feely hippie vibe that these people are talking about. I mean, when you talk about the kind of you know medical experiments that are reported by abductees, when you talk about just the terror of being abducted. Hell, when you talk about this fear, this primal fear that these witnesses have, that that, that I have spoken to directly, uh, just from having you know a a, a, a mothman like creature in their vicinity, um, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that happens. Uh, you know, when you are in contact with a benevolent being, it, it just doesn't, you know, uh, good guys don't sneak into your house and kidnap you. It's, it's just not what they do. Um, you know, good guys don't, don't terrify you. They don't haunt your dreams, you know, like it's, it just seems like there is a, a, a good portion of this that is, is nefarious, like certainly nefarious and um you know maybe some of it isn't you know and 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 that's what i like i said i i try to give people the benefit of the doubt and if i'm speaking to somebody directly and that person has had a direct experience i'm not talking about any of these so-called experts who haven't experienced anything themselves or or whatever i'm not if i'm speaking to someone in, in, in actual witness, and they have had some sort of positive experience, you know, with what they think could have been an alien or or a cryptid or or, or, or something like that. Now, I'm not going to tell them that they didn't because I it's not my job to dictate somebody's experience to them, you know. Um, and so I I will take those, you know, for what they're worth, like I would anybody else's experience. Um, but I will tell you this, Gary, I don't get very many of those. Most of the reports by far, by far, most of the reports I get are from people who are scared and they're scared because their experience was scary, you know, because there was something about it that made them think, that that thing they encountered, whatever that impossible creature was that they ran into was harmful to them, that it was, there was something evil about it and they could feel that on in an almost primal level. And that's, so, that's the know, scary part. You know, when you think about it, could you imagine when you're eight years old being abducted 
And then again, when you're like 10 years old, then again at 12 and 13, all the rest of your life, you go to bed at night, right? And you, what's going to be on your mind? It ain't going to be sex. Well, it could be. But um, besides the sex part, you know, when you look at your wife or girlfriend, you're going to be scared. Am I going to be abducted again tonight? Am I going to be taken in in a spacecraft? Am I going to be probed? Am I going to have needles? Am I going to have things stuffed down my throat? Even Calvin Parker, you know, when he was on my show, he mentioned when he was uh, taken off that dock, like two robotic uh, creatures uh, took him and his friend. He was being zapped. Okay. That was pain. And then when he woke up or uh, on that slab, on that, that table, whatever it was, and this creature was put in her hand, or it was a, a woman-type creature he described as, female, putting her hand down his throat and trying to come out his nose. Could you imagine the pain? And he said he, he was screaming, and then she stopped. Uh, it, it tells me that, you know, they don't care about us. They don't care about uh, our pain. If you did that, if you did that and kidnapped somebody down the street and did any of these things that people are claiming that are happening to them, you'd be in prison to the day you die. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean these things. It sounds at best like a science experiment. It sounds at best like how we would treat animals that we don't consider to be self-aware, frankly, um, you know, and, and then, you know, like I'll, I'll interview abductees and, you know, most of them, like I said, have had these terrifying experiences. And if the entities are saying anything to them at all, it's usually something to try to calm them down um, while they're doing something terrifying to them. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that that comes from a place of compassion necessarily, no. you know, they're still doing that awful thing, but they must understand humanity. At least some of them must understand humanity well enough to know how to go through the motions of comforting someone so they can still try to get what they want, whatever that thing is. And that's scary. And then you have to live with it the rest of your life. You know, mm. it, again, the same way as somebody runs into a, a Mothman or a Bigfoot or some other cryptic creature, right? It, it, it's something that, it, 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 you know, you only see in the movies, right? But then it happens to you. And then it makes you wonder about life in general. Everything you learned when you went from grade school to high school, or if you're lucky enough to go through college and get a degree, it just throws it all out the window. It really does. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I think I, I mentioned before. I mean, this is uh, this is paradigm shattering stuff for for most people, and um, and sort of the, the the realization. Well, like I said before about how difficult it can be just for for people to to talk about it. I mean, there are a few different things going on. Um, when it, it, it comes to that difficulty, you know, the, the, the first one I think that most people think of is, um, you know, sort of the, the fear of being laughed at because often when I speak to, uh, uh, witnesses, you know, they haven't even told their friends or family, or if they did, they told one of them once 
because the immediate reaction was just that they were laughed at. And so they never wanted to talk to them about it again. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, you know, you, you, you have, um, the, the fear of, uh, being like punishment almost, you know? So like people don't, don't want to talk about it because, you know, they're afraid that their, their friends and, and, and family, you know, will, will laugh at them. But then beyond that, I'll get witnesses describing to me how they're afraid to even talk about it um, because of some fear of reprisal. Like it'll, it'll bring the, like the, the, the entity back and the entity, like this entity is going to be pissed because they talked about it, you know? Or, um, or I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say this. I have had people on that uh, claim that they were abducted, you know, by aliens from young kids age all the way up to, you know, their 50s, 60s, 70s. One thing they're terrified about, not so much again about maybe being abducted again. They're more worried about, well, not the men in black, but the government. They, they, they are so terrified. I, I hear it from a lot of them. You know, they're scared even to come on my show sometimes. Or if I, if I get them talking a little bit too much, I'll get a text message while I'm interviewing them and they're get, starting to get scared uh, of, you know, maybe they, they got this thing in their mind. If they, they, they go too deep into it. Now the government is going to be watching them and, and they're going, they're terrified about that, let alone being terrified about aliens abducting them. So now they got the fear of the government and then the aliens and they have to go to bed at night and worry about that. Now, I had this one guest on my show that, uh, and he sent me some pictures. It was really interesting. He was also on Coast to Coast and a couple other shows. Now, he was on mine first, and we were talking about this one place in Texas that was a farm, but he started watching it and realized, well, they have a transmission tower. It says property of U.S. government on this farm. Then he started seeing all of a sudden guys, you know, all of a sudden, like, coming out of the barn in military uniform. Okay. And he would sit there for hours and then it got more in depth. All of a sudden during our like three minute break, he would go out and I guess light a cigarette up off his back door. And he claimed there was a black helicopter above his house. He sent me a picture. Okay. Of this helicopter. Okay. Just hovering over his house. So then he got really terrified. Now, when he was on Coast to Coast with Nori uh, being interviewed, all of a sudden, I, you know, while he's on a show, I'm getting these pictures again of a helicopter, a different black helicopter, by the way, because uh, I still have the pictures. It was hovering over his house when he was talking about the same subject. And and it, I, I do think between all this stuff that goes on, the, 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 the fear that these people must have, but they feel like they have to tell people about it for some reason. And then, then they do now they're, they're inviting, I don't know what else into their life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, you know, and, and, and I, well, it's, it's part of why we do what we do as an organization. And it's definitely why, I approach witnesses the way I do as an investigator. 
Um, you know, there, there's not a whole hell of a lot I can do, um, sometimes, you know, to, to, to help people, but I can at least listen and I can listen to them without judgment. Um, and, and from there, whatever I, I, I can do for them, I, I definitely will. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, 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 you're absolutely right because this is such a, a powerless situation for, for so many people, you know? Um, I mean, how do you, how do you stop something that is, is so much more advanced than you that, you know, it, it, it literally, uh, treats you like, a a, a, a lab, you know, a, a, a lab animal, you know, yeah. I, it, there, I don't know. It, it's, it's, um, it's a terrifying situation for, for most of these people to, to be in. And they are very brave for, for talking about it as far as I'm concerned. Um, insofar as, you know, like we've talked about already, the fear of reprisal, the fear of, of rejection, ridicule, um, ridicule, all of that, but also because of, and I think I touched on this earlier because of how real it makes it once you've talked about it, you know, like you can live with a sighting for years after it's, it's, it's happened and it can just kind of live in the back of your mind. And you're like, well, did it happen? Didn't it happen? You know, if I just don't think about it and I don't talk about it, then, you know, it's not, maybe it's not as real, but you know, when, when people sit down and, and open up to me about it, I think a lot of the time, not every time, but a lot of the time, um, that's when it really becomes real to them. And then that's when they really, uh, that's, you know, that, 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 that can open, um, I think sort of new levels of trauma, maybe that, that they, they hadn't processed yet. I agree with that a hundred percent because it, it brings out the nightmare because then once they open up about it, I think they, 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 they people block things out. Seriously, mm-hmm. you think about the, the the soldier. It goes out and and is in a firefight and 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 kills a whole bunch of the enemy. They they go back right and they block that out for, but they can't block it out forever. One day they're going to go to bed and all of a sudden they remember things, and and then you know it is it's really hard when it happens, and it does happen. So if it happens to them, it's the same thing if you have an encounter with a mothman or with a Bigfoot or you were abducted or whatever. I mean, things are going on out there. And I think we're maybe not this year or maybe not next year, but I think something is going to come out and happen where maybe we might get more information or maybe the government, you know, is trying to. Uh, spoon feed us now a little bit because they can't hide it anymore. It's past that now. And, and then, you know, as you know, you can be in the government and lie your head off. And, and, and the only people that believe it is yourself, the one who's doing all the lying. I think the government has lied to us so much about, you know, certain things out there and, you know, like UFOs mainly and aliens that uh, it's hard for them to come out now and all of a sudden say, hey, we've been lying to you for the last 50, 60 years. You know, people are being abducted. Yeah, and most of the time they're being returned, but sometimes we don't know what happened to them. 
or you know it isn't just cattle mutilation it maybe is human mutilation too i i mean it's a lot of things we got to keep our minds open so you know i i, all I just want to i just want to put my two cents in i mean you can read all these books i got a couple hundred books yeah. here and, and and most of them are basically all the same be it uh on cryptics or if it's on ufos or aliens it's just kind of if you know like if i told you a story right now and, and and you wrote a book from what i told you then somebody else reads your book and then oh hey you know i'm really into ufos and all of a sudden they start writing a book and all of a sudden some of the stuff that was in your book is now in their book and it just continues on and on and on hey our time is almost up i want you to plug your website your Facebook group, and what you actually do and how they can get a hold of you if they have a cryptic story they want to talk about, like Mothman or Lizardman or Dogman, uh, or maybe they were abducted. How can they get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, So the easiest way uh, is to just go to our website directly. Um, So... Uh, you can Google the Singular Fortean Society or just go directly to singularfortean.com. Uh, you can reach out to us through our contact page or email us directly at uh, info at singularfortean.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, uh, every social media site that exists. We're on YouTube. Uh, and, and that's all very easy, just, you know, Use the, the, the search field, type the Singular Fortean Society. Uh, even if you can only remember most of the name, if you type any part of it, like it's a pretty unique name, so you will find us. Uh, but we're on everything. Um, and if you're interested in, in, in what we're doing and, and you want uh, to share your story or if you want help with you know an active situation, uh, you want us to help investigate something, we're always happy to do that. Please do not be afraid to reach out to us because we will try to help you as, as much as possible. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't cost anything or anything like that. Cause boy, you know, why would it? Um, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Uh, we'll, we'll do everything we can, um, to, uh, to, to help you out and, uh, and listen without judgment. And, you know, if anybody is interested in joining the, the singular 40 in society, like you really like what we do and you want to be a part of it and see more of the behind the scenes stuff and, uh, and, and, and just interact with uh, us more and interact with other members more. Uh, you can actually join the, the, the singular 40 society by signing up to uh, Patreon as well. So great. Well, hey, Tobias, like always, I just want to say thank you for coming on Night Dreams Talk Radio After Dark. What I like about you, you're fresh. You know, you come up with, you know, open, you're not, um, how can I say it? Uh, you're not um, already decided on things. You have an open mind, and that reflects okay. with the stories you, you tell. Anyway, I want you to have a great weekend, and uh, we'll try to get you back on here in uh, the first part of July if you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Gary. I I really do enjoy coming on the show. And uh, yeah, I I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, sir. You have a great weekend. All right. You too. Take care. You take care. Yeah. And don't forget, next Friday, uh, we got a great guest on between 7 and 9. But at 9 o'clock, it's going to go to Scary Stories. That's where you can call up and tell us a scary story. Maybe you've been abducted. 
you know, by a UFO, or maybe you ran into a Mothman or a Bigfoot, or maybe your house is haunted. I don't know. If you got a scary story, you can certainly call us in, or call in, I should say, uh, between 9 and 10 p.m. Now, I'm going to have a co-host from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific West Coast time. That's James Krishbaum. And we're going to take your calls. Now, what's going to happen is after you, you tell us your story, we're going to send you a book. We're going to pay even the shipping. So it costs you nothing to make the phone call. You're going to get a great book in the paranormal. Man, I have so many books to give out, like American Monsters by Jason Offit. A whole bunch about UFOs, uh, all kinds of subjects, ghosts and all that stuff. Well, we plan for the next couple of Fridays starting next week to give out books. Again, it's not going to cost you anything. Tell your friends, share us on Facebook. Uh, You know, hey, we got a lot of people listening, but why not even get more? Well, everybody, have a great weekend. Now, you also be able to catch James Crispom tomorrow between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific West Coast time. And that is between 7 and 8 Eastern time. Uh, he has a great guest on conspiracies on tomorrow. I got to jump out of here. Everybody, you have a great one. And we'll catch you later. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio, and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. Everybody's hoping for the friendly voice of radio, the people's choice. Music, weather, sports, and news, it's radio.